just noticed uh, we had a little car accident there with the 911, didn't we? Yep. It, uh... And the Cybertruck. Ah, yes. I see the Cybertruck has gone reverse cowgirl on the, on the Lamborghini. Did you see that meme with the, the, the two cars that were like going like this? Yeah. Flips? Did I send that to you? I think, I, well, I think we watched, I think Alyssa showed it to us up north. Oh, oh yeah. And then, and then I'm, I've seen it again since then. Did you see the other one? Well, you did send me actually the, I think you did. You send me the Tesla jumping over the um the street. You've you even seen the Model S that jumped the road in uh like like the last two days in California. Oh man, this has been going all over. We're gonna start start right off with this one. Let's see. Model S jump. On YouTube. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it's going to show it automatically up here in a sec. Against our will, something went wrong. Great. Already off to a great start with this podcast. <laughs> but you did see the thing is someone just launches it over the side. Uh, again. I'm... We have excellent. See that? I know. And this is. It's like straight up the speed underground. Oh. Oh. No one knows. People are under. There's like an, oh, an arrest warrant out for them and stuff. It's. Uh, idiots. Total idiots. But anyway, welcome to episode 13 of the Daily Motor Podcast. Now, Mr. Brower, unfortunately, did not die in a Tesla accident, but he was driving a Stellantis vehicle this last week, and we haven't seen him since. So, I think the only thing that could be deduced from that is it caught on fire and he burned. So, rest in peace. Chris Brower passed away burning in a Stellantis vehicle. Speaking of Stellantis... Yes? Right. Not the best setup for me. Already kicking off with Stellantis yep. issues. Um, yep. Did you hear about the recall? Oh yeah, what what are they, what are they recalling now? Um, they ABS. couldn't figure out how to do brakes properly because yep. that's such new crazy yep. technology. They have to recall like three hundred seventy thousand vehicles, mostly trucks, right? Durangos to Rams. Wow. Jeeps. What what did you see? What the issue is? Like what could go wrong? Oh, uh, we, we should look at ABS. Just is, might stop working. Or ABS just might lock up half the wheels and send it spinning. Atlantis ABS recall. Ford, too. Ford and Stellantis recall more than half a million vehicles. Why <sighs> <laughs> can't we make it through any podcast without ripping on Ford and Stellantis? Come on, guys. You've been building cars for a hundred years. It shouldn't be this difficult. Well, then you saw GM, too. What did they do? Well, the paint thing. They have, they're having a class action lawsuit because their <laughs> <laughs> paint's peeling. What Everyone... is going on in the car world? Every single podcast, we have a new piece of... Oh, one of the American car brands has messed it up. 
Oh, look at this one. BMW recalls nearly a million cars, most for a third time to cure engine fire risk. Now, now you can't buy a BMW either. What can you buy? A Toyota. Toyota. Pretty much just Toyotas and Hondas. Teslas, too. You can buy Teslas. You're right. You can buy Teslas. Volvos. Yep. Thankfully, a less urgent. It involves an ABS light that won't illuminate if there's an issue with the anti-lock braking system. So it's just the light that doesn't work. But knowing Ford, that could lead to me. Well, that was Stellantis, actually. What did Ford do? Uh, Ford has to recall F-150s that uh, th their windshield wiper may fail. Oh. How do you, like, it's not a major thing, but how do you screw that up? Well, it's my, probably a supplier thing, unfortunately. My Ford Explorer has the best windshield wipers I've ever had on a car. Really? And it's a 2000. They wipe all the, all the windshield? Yep. Got a new haircut recently. And, um, a little short on the sides, but uh, let us know in the comments what you think. Anyway, let's get off Ford and Stellantis for a minute and get back to Stellantis. We just had the Jeep Grand Cherokee L. What did you think? <laughs> I'm going to try and be nice about it. Yeah. It drove really, really well. I agree. Um, the air suspension was cool. The beautifully styled interior. Yeah, we had the Summit Reserve, and it had the beautiful interior wood grain. It was so really comfortable. Nice. It was like an almost a dark, like a, like a light brown cross stitching that almost matched the wood. I love the engine. Yeah, 3.6 liter. Steering was ridiculously direct. The, yep. the engine sounded really good, too. Yeah, the th that three six sounded good, and we noticed the air suspension kept the vehicle remarkably yeah, level. Yeah, it did. Cornering and For everything. How long? I don't know. But... <laughs> but here's the thing: the first time I drove it, the screen would not undim. Like so, it, it was super dark in the middle of the day. Yeah, super dark, and I, I messed with it, and I just cannot. And then I shut it off and turned it back on, and it was fine. Sure. Um, then we had the Jeep Grand Cherokee a few months ago, and it wouldn't start on us yeah entirely dead wasn't working mm -hmm. so great car i would not recommend buying it though unless you have it's that's... all about personal private if you want a car that's just gonna work buy a toyota if you don't care about it working all the time it's <laughs> like even with the warranty because the warranty you, I mean, you don't have to pay for it but then it's still broken it, yeah so and you're, still, you're still gonna have up. to drive a fiat 500 loaner car yeah exactly or a dodge dart yes will break too right so then you have to go <laughs> of your loaner car in for or service. it might catch on fire you're right that's that is, the other thing that's the other worry yeah. it's just if you want if you really just want a grand cherokee then it's fine if you want a car that you're going to buy to get from point A to point B, don't buy a Stellantis. Right. And the other thing is, I, there's certain cars that I drive and I like them less and less the more time I spend in them. And that was kind of the Jeep for me. Really? Yeah, there's just something about, yeah, it's, you know, nice looking exterior, beautiful inside, lots of features, everything. But it's kind of like the throttle tuning didn't feel super direct. It, it just kind of the more time I spent in it, I didn't feel very connected with the vehicle and like I like it satisfied me more and more. It was just it, it was kind of like, eh, I don't know. It was just a, a, a sort of it, it kind of was similar. It can kind of be summarized by, you know, how the, the doors and the door handles felt remarkably yeah. like just not solid and connected. Mm -hmm. 
I kind of had that feeling with a lot of parts of the car. And I was just sort of by the end, I was like, eh, I'm ready to give this. Here. Be done with this. And the other thing I'll point out while Nathan's grabbing something from the, from the office is I tried towing with the Grand Cherokee. And, oh, actually, Nathan, you might want to hear this story, so I'll let you uh, demonstrate your door handle first. Okay. Automakers. This is how you make a door handle. Listen to this click. Just the quality of this door panel is just unmatched. It's cold. Feel that cold aluminum. Yeah, that is it real. It is real aluminum. The new F-150 has this jagged piece of plastic that is the door handle. Same thing with the new Ram, even the Jeeps. It's just plastic. Yeah. Do door handles like Volvo. Anyway. Yeah. Automakers could stand to be more like Volvo, as we'll get to soon with our second vehicle we've had this week. But I should point out, I was planning on towing with the Jeep Grand Cherokee L this week. Yeah, why didn't you tow with it? I forgot. Well, I looked it up, and it has, with the V6, a tow rating of... Don't get the mic down there. It has a tow rating of... Did you make that sound, or did the... I did. Oh, okay. I made it. <laughs> tow rating of 6,200 pounds, which was plenty because I was going to tow a trailer that was about 2,000, 2,500 or so, and a vehicle that was about 3,500 pounds. So it should have been right at about the tow rating. So I, I messaged Jeep and they said, yeah, sounds good. Go go for it. Chrysler. Yep. Yep. They were like, fine. So I get here. I hook up the trailer. The air suspension is really nice. I've towed with Chrysler vehicles before. We had that Ram with the air oh, suspension. Yeah. It's awesome for hooking up trailers because you can kind of line everything up. And then just go and have the car lift oh. itself right up onto the trailer. You don't have to crank, 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 lift the trailer yourself or, or lower it. That was all good. The camera was nice for backing up the hitch. Everything was fine. And then I got the trailer all hooked up and was, and was leaving. And I thought to myself, I don't know if this trailer has electric brakes or not. Because the Jeep does not have a trailer brake controller. Which means... It won't. It can't use electric brakes without wiring in a trailer brake controller. Really? Third party. Yes. Now without. So I looked up the manual and everything, and without a trailer brake controller, I was not supposed to tow over two thousand pounds. Seriously. Yeah. So I got all the way up about twenty minutes from here, Whitmore Lake exit, and I pulled off to the trailer shop there and asked them, "Does this car? Does this trailer have electric brakes or hydraulic brakes?" And they said they're electric. So I had to turn all the way back. And I couldn't tell with the Grand Cherokee because uh, because it didn't have a trailer brake controller in it. Oh. So it doesn't matter. Even if your troll rating for the vehicle is, say, 6,000 pounds in this case, it doesn't have a trailer brake controller. You can't use electric trailer brakes. Mm. So something like our boat that has hydraulic brakes, that would have been okay. Yeah. Surge brakes, but not this trailer. So guess what brand of vehicle I had to use instead? Yoda. Mm. <laughs> yep. Um, what else with the Jeep? I... I think you kind of summarized it well. It's just like if, if you just want that car, I mean, it looks nice, it drives great, it's great features, well priced. I mean, this one was like 67 grand, but it was top dog. Yeah. And still compared to a lot of the other competitors at that price, I mean, it's, it's fairly competitive. Yeah. I don't think I'd buy one though. I, I would only buy one if I wanted a Grand Cherokee. Let's see what else is in that, in that segment. Mids. Oh, and now my keyboard. Why isn't my keyboard working? <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I can't type anything with my keyboard. Wow. Why? I guess my keyboard was made by Stellantis. This is uh, 
There we go. Mid-size cross. Not a mid-size crossover. What else would you call it? A full-size SUV. Mid-size crossover. And it's the third row, and it's enormous. Mid-size crossover. Is how what? That is bull baloney crap. Full size is like Expedition, Explorer, or not even Explorer. Expedition, Tahoe, Suburban, full size. Like, there's nothing above full size. That's definitely not a crossover, though. That's... It's, it's body on frame. Or sorry, it's not body on frame. It's unibody. Unibody means crossover. Serious? I don't get that. I don't understand. So SUV in general, most people understand it to believe it's a body on frame, like a Forerunner, Tahoe, like it's a truck chassis with the body on it. Crossover implies unibody. Huh. Anything from a Kicks all the way up to uh, an Explorer. Huh. Yep. Forerunner dead last, according to Car and Driver. That's fair. Murano, pretty low. Acadia, yeah. Traverse, yeah. Ascent, good. Hate the Ascent. Venza, that's surprising. Also, Venza should be in compact. But, okay, Car and Driver. Edge. It is big. Yeah, but it's the same size as the RAV4. The RAV4 but, is a compact. I think it's bigger just body... Yeah, that's fair. Blazer, yeah, that makes sense. Crossport, yep. Atlas, yep. Durango, okay. Pilot. All right, let's let's start off with here. Would you take a Durango or a Grand Cherokee? Oh, Grand Cherokee. It's still a still. Get something. Pilot, okay, fair enough. Explorer. Would you take an Explorer over Grand Cherokee? Uh, a nice platinum Explorer. They're both terrible. Wrangler. You're both so bad reliability-wise. You haven't driven the new Highlander, I don't believe, but... I do love the Highlander. Do you? If I want... Again, if I wanted a car to get from point A to point B, then yeah. Highlander. Which is funny, because that's what Chris Amos at the Topher just bought. So. Really? Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, is I would not... I'm Lexus versus Grand Cherokee. You're right. Grand Cherokee is definitely... But, I mean, the new Highlander, have you seen, like, the interior of a, oh, yeah, of a Limited? But, it's beautiful. But, oh, yeah, you've sat in one. Yeah, but that's yeah. what Lexus is for. Yeah, I suppose so. Nissan Pathfinder. The new Pathfinder is actually really good. I don't think you got a chance to drive that one when we had it. But it's really good. Santa Fe. Okay. Passport. Okay. How does Car and Driver have the Passport so much higher than the Pilot? They're practically the same car. Pilot's just a little longer. Sorento. Oh yeah, we just had that Sorento. Which would you take, Sorento or, or, a, or a more base Grand Cherokee? Get a Sorento? Yeah, it was a plug-in hybrid. It was white. Oh, the one that ago. smelled... Yeah, you didn't like the smell of it. I'd take the Grand Cherokee. Yeah, I'd have to go with the Grand Cherokee. So uninspiring of a thing. We already know what your answer to CX-9 would be. It's such a piece of garbage. There you go, Grand Cherokee and Grand Cherokee L. Car driver places fourth. I think that's probably about where I would put it, too. Bronco. What? I'd take a brown. Uh, you no, would, you I would take, take a grand a, Cherokee. The unreliability. You're right. I would take a grand the Cherokee. The roof that disintegrates. <laughs> the, the, soft top. the horrible road noise. The horrible You're fuel right. economy. Right. Okay, here's one. Palisade. Yeah. Palisade or Grand Cherokee? <sighs> this is good because we just had the Palisade calligraphy. I didn't really drive the Palisade, though. I thought you did a live drive with us. But I didn't drive it on my own. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. They get kind of forgettable, don't they? They are very forgettable. And, and for that reason, I'd have to go with Grant. It's, it's really nice. I think I'd take the Palisade if I were going to own it for five years or more. Definitely. Yeah. Plus, you get a 10-year warranty of those. Right, exactly. Let me guess. Wait. Oh, damn it. I was going to guess Telluride, Telluride, too. Yeah, well. Yeah, I would take a Telluride over a Grand Cherokee. But again, only if I were going to own it for 
more than like three years or so. The Grand Cherokee yep. is much nicer in the top trims than a Telluride, but also much more expensive. Yeah. Telluride tops out about 50 grand. Yeah. Telluride really is like Kia's Jeep. Yep. Overall, Grand Cherokee L, good car? I would say so. I'd say so too. Because when we're kind of talking good car, the, the things we focus on are one, how well does it fit its mission? Two, how is it to drive? And three, what would it be like to own? And I think we agree it's very nice to drive. We agree it fits its mission very well. But how is it to own? That's where I think it would fall a little bit short. Yeah. But I, I would still give it just enough to give it good car. And maybe after a model year or two, maybe Jeep will iron out some of the issues. <laughs> I don't know. Nathan is not. Encouraged. I mean, they can't do anything right. It's just, it's just all Jeep dismal. knows. All Chrysler knows is how to put a big engine in an old car and make it go fast. In an old Mercedes, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty much just redneck tuners. Yeah. <laughs> see how much horsepower we can slap the little supercharger on it. Let's keep it rear wheel drive so it's still slower than half the sports cars out there because it can't hook up. <laughs> Yeah, we love you, Stalant. Love you, but I mean, they, they, they can't even do anything right. I know. The other car we had this week is the Volvo XC40 Recharge. Very good car. Very good. I spent quite a lot of time, and I actually ended up doing two range tests on the highway. Really? Why is Because that? I set out to do the first one, and it was raining very hard. And I didn't think it was fair to, to report the highway range in the rain, because when it's raining, you get more rolling resistance from the, from the, the water on the road and your, your range goes down. So I got 170 miles of highway range in the wet, and 185 in the dry. 15 extra miles is about 10% difference. Huh. So not huge, but it is important. I think the biggest takeaway is if you are going to road trip in an electric vehicle, what you should know, do not plan on getting to any of your charging stations with anything less than 10% battery. Because that means in a perfect case scenario, you know, dry, warm out, whatever, you'll make it there with 10%. Worst case scenario, if it starts raining at a headwind or whatever, you'll make it with zero. Yeah. And you'll just barely. And that happened. Excuse me. That happened with, uh, with us in the Tesla. We are going down, and we rolled into a charging station at 0% wow. because of wind and cold. So that's, uh, that was fairly interesting to kind of test those back to back. 170 miles on the highway is not a ton for a $60,000 vehicle. Uh. Which is probably the XC40's biggest flaw is, let's check the range real quick on some of the leader cars right now. L-E-A-D-E-R. Fuel.gov. EV. Um, new electric cars. These are the most efficient, not necessarily the longest range, but the most efficient with electricity. And a lot of people forget this. You get an electric vehicle like a Hummer. Sure, maybe it's got 300 miles of range, but it's still horribly inefficient. And you're going to be paying like three times your cost to daily drive as you would with something like a Tesla. The most efficient car, electric car for sale right now is the Tesla Model 3. 142 MPGE combined, 133 on the highway. And then you got your Hyundai Ionic Electric. It's the next most efficient and then your Lucid Air looks most efficient under that. So let's just say you got something like Tesla Model 3 Long Range. 353 miles of electric range. 
versus the 220 estimated yeah. with the Volvo XC60. And the Model 3 long range starts at what, 55 grand? Yeah. That's what I said about the Volvo. And the reason why I wouldn't go with Maki is because Ford can't even make windshield wipers. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I've pretty much written off any thoughts of buying any Ford at this point, unless it's an O2 Explorer. Or Maverick, because then it's so cheap that it's like and less of a big deal. I'm probably going to eat my words, but how can they screw that up? It's... Yeah, I'm sure some supplier just screwed something up. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I would say the Vol is the perfect car. If you're going to spend the money anyway, if you want an electric car but don't want to step up to all the crazy tech of the Tesla and just want a more traditional vehicle... But what about oops, the Hyundai Kona Electric? More range, less cost, more efficiency. The Volvo only gets 79 MPG. I was yeah, 108. The other thing with the Volvo, it is fast. It's so fast. It's ridiculous. It's crazy fast. It's, it's, I think it's as fast as like a Model 3 performance. I mean, it's really quick. 4.6 seconds. Definitely yeah. not a Model 3 performance. That's 3.2. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, Model 3 long range yeah. then maybe. Car and driver, that's has to the Volvo at 4.3. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's so fast. And the thing is, it's fast even up above like 60. Yeah. You hit it, you still have a ton of pull. It's, it's, it threw me off. I was like, holy crap, I was not expecting that. And the other thing with that is someday, within the near future, 10, 15 years or whatever, we're going to be living in a world where all the Karens in the world, oh, all no. the Beckys, all the Daves, everyone is going to have 400 horsepower sitting on them in their, in their Chevy Equinox electric. And they're going to be able to take off from stoplights, get to 60 in four seconds. And inevitably crash into a building. Yeah. You saw the, per, the video of the Porsche Taycan in the dealership where the guy yeah. drove through the front of the building. And here's what I can't decide. Is that going to make our lives on the road better or worse? Because hear me out. It'll be better in some ways because think about every time the light turns green and then... Someone in their RAV4 is just slowly getting up to speed, but because they don't want to hear their engine make a lot of loud, you know, revving up. But now with electric cars, zoom, why yeah. not just put the pedal down? And then they'll be able to kind of get in and out of traffic better. I don't know. It's going to make driving, I think, scarier, but also faster. Yeah. So it'll be good and bad. Either way, the XC40 was really fun to drive around. It did have a horrid rattle inside. It did. It was so bad. Got to be a one-off lemon. I hope so. Let me just play a video of the rattle real fast. Yeah, bring that up and play it into the mic. It was uh, not pleasant. What else with the XC40? The interior was nice. Radio was pretty good. Harman Kardon system, 13 speakers. Gave it an A tier. But this is actually a frustration of mine. There is no way to play high fidelity music into that car unless there's an app that supports the streaming. Because there's no Apple CarPlay, there's no Android Auto, and you can't plug a USB device in and play songs through your USB, which made it very difficult to do the sound test. That literally the sound you hear just driving the car yeah. around. Nathan's not tapping against anything. He's not. That's that's just an ambient noise. Yeah. Car. yeah. Incredibly annoying. Incredibly annoying. Also, it made a really weird sound on the highway as well, on from, like coming from the roof. Huh. It was like a PVC, like if someone had a PVC pipe and were banging on the end of it. Huh. That's what it sounded like. Weird car, but 
I think the ultimate downside of that car is the price. It's like a price and range. If it were $45,000, I wouldn't care as much about the range. And if it had 300 miles of range, I wouldn't care as much about the price. But it's one of, it's one of the other. Because here are all sorts of cars you could get over it. Ionic 5, EV6, Kona Electric. You could almost get as much range out of an Ionic Electric. Like, not the 5, but the old school. Yeah. Chevy Bolt, Chevy Bolt EUV. There are a lot of cars that could go as far as that. So, right, for less than or near 60000 I think the Volvo's a little bit nicer inside than most of those. Who's, some people will be willing to pay for that, but I don't think most people should pay that. Yeah. Also, the other problem with the XC40 is the C40. C40. It's pretty much just an XC40 with a slope back. Yeah, you know what the problem is with that? Is that it's a slope back? Yeah, it's a slope back, and which means you get no cargo room whatsoever. <laughs> I just think it's confusing because people, it, it looks so similar, and yet it has a completely different yeah. name. Once it loads here, you'll see. The George Bloom. Fjord. The George Bloom Italic. Yes, I don't know if our internet's going to deem us worthy of seeing it, but I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to drive a C40 recharge. I don't know what the point is of it, yeah. other than it being a slope back, I guess. But, um, yeah, cool car. Cool car, but probably not one that I would, uh, I, I would like it. I just don't think I would. Price in the ring. This week, we have the Toyota Sienna. Sienna's are all hybrid, which I think was a smart move for Toyota to go. Just get rid of the, the gasser, all hybrid, and you get like 30 miles per gallon just driving it around yeah. everywhere, which is crazy for a car that big. The downside of the Sienna is it's horrendously ugly. Probably up there for the ugliest car of 2020. Probably. Yeah. But since we're never going to get this Also not one, here yet. That's true. We, might, we may never see it. Look at this. Ew. Maybe it's a good thing it's not here. <laughs> it looks like a weird... I know what it looks like. Oh, what is it? The fighting Pokemon. Yeah, I know. There is definitely a Pokemon that it looks like. Is it the X-Bloud? Like no, the... it's the one with the big gloves and it was in Gen 3 Emerald Sapphire. The purple one? No. Um, it's the, looked, looked like a human. It looked like a sumo wrestler. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess maybe they just thought all minivans are ugly, so they should just not care. But, you know, a Chrysler Pacifica doesn't look good. Yeah, it looks really good. The Kia. Yeah, the Kia's. I already forgot that. Carnival looks very good. Look at that. that Honda Odyssey very, looks good. You're right. All the other minivans look okay, and yet the Sienna's horrendous. They took the girl from the Maserati and slapped it on there. They really did. <laughs> Delantis. But those catch on fire. The That's Sienna true. won't. The Sienna will not catch on fire, and it will get excellent fuel economy without having to be a plug-in hybrid. Yep. What it doesn't have is stone-go seats, but nothing does outside of the Pacifica. So it's do you want extra cargo capacity, or do you want to die? Right. Or do you don't? You do, yeah, do you want extra, or do you want to live? Yeah, do you want to live? Yeah. Do you want to be able to store your seats down and then burn? Or do you want to be able to drive somewhere? actually own it for probably 300,000 miles and have very few, if any, issues. 
I suspect it'll be good. I've driven the Sienna before, but it's been a while, so I'm looking forward to getting more time in it. We're gonna do a redux of the fuel economy test as well. I'm going to film a backseat review, just kind of back of the uh, car in general review. That'll be nice. We also, if you're catching this podcast right as it comes out, we will be live at 4 p.m. Eastern time today with a live drive of the Sienna, so that'll be fun. Today? Well, today when the podcast comes oh. out. Although, yeah, I guess it depends. On Tuesday, whatever, the 20, 22nd, 3-22. You know, it'd be nice if it was here. But help my review. What do you think the price will be? I'm going to guess 42. 48. Holy cow, $55,000. That's a lot. A lot of cash. It is a platinum, but still. Yeah. What do we got here? Oh, wow. There's a rear seat and entertainment system. We know that no one just owns tablets that they can just hold in their hands and watch anything they want on. Definitely anymore. not just another thing that's going to break. Yeah. Well, it won't actually because it's Toyota. Well, it's, it's indestructible. Is it indestructible to a three-year-old holding his, his Porsche, Porsche car? And... Well, I bet you that Toyota didn't design it the way Stellantis did where the seat would fold directly down into the screen if you, if you clicked the wrong button. <laughs> The, the Grand Cherokee had the most aggressive seats. It literally, I mean, it would kill the... Decapitate. Yeah, decapitate. And, and you just ex, you just press, pull the lever for the seat, and it's like spring-loaded. Yeah. And it, would, it would come right down into where the... the That's the, the Stellantis for That's you. Stellantis. Toyota would not engineer it that way. Because Toyota. a Toyota engineer would try it once and say, this probably isn't a good idea. And yep. then tell his supervisor, and they'd be like, you're right, let's stop production yep. and change this. Yep. Um, Volvo would have never done that in the first place. Volvo probably would have deemed that having a screen in the back is too unsafe because it may distract the driver. Although they'll make a car that goes 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds. Yeah, but yet they'll cap the speed at 110 of all their cars. So you can, or whatever you can drive really quickly up into the building, but you just can't go more than 112. Right, because somehow going 100 miles per hour into a building is perfectly safe, but yeah. going 120 would not. Maybe they, maybe they tested that. Maybe they have a center where they drive cars into buildings <laughs> and test. You know what? It's this much more, saves this much more people if um, it's only doing 112. I could see Volvo doing Look at this. A 1,500-watt inverter on the Toyota Sienna. That's a lot of power. Wow. That's a really strong plug. It's got two 120-volt wall-style outlets. So that's actually really neat. So that means two people could sit in the back and have a full-on... Say, like, gaming laptop plugged in and still have plenty of power. You could run a hairdryer off that. What in that's the really name quite, of God is a universal transceiver? That's, oh, it's a garage door opener. Yeah, garage door opener. Special color. Ruby Flare Pearl. It's actually going to wow. look quite cool. Looks built in Indiana. Five-star wow. crash test. Although only three are for... Oh, they just want to kill the parents. Yep. It is interesting that a car can achieve five stars while only getting three stars in a different category. That's true. You'd think to get five overall, you should have five and everything else. Bird's eye camera. I think by far the most impressive, though. That is really good. 2.9 gallons for 100 miles. We're excited about that. That should be a good one. If it would get here. If it would get here. And because Mr. Brower died in a Stellantis accident this last week, we are only going to get one press car. No reason to have two. So this week we're going to be filming our Ford Maverick as well. We had the tonneau cover provided to us by Truxedo. It's a Truxedo Sentry ST cover. 
And it's actually been really nice. In fact, the other day, I can't remember if I remember to take a photo of it or not, I used my truck bed with a laptop on it. And I was under the impression that you could only use laptops on GMC trucks with the Multiflex Pro tailgate thing. But crazy enough, you can actually use laptops on other truck beds as well Why without paying for that for that uh, tailgate. Why are you crazy. using a laptop on a truck? Well, if we really have to get into it, it's because my electric vehicle charger was not working and connecting to the Wi-Fi properly anymore. I was trying to reset it by plugging into it with my laptop. Uh, it did not work. I'm going to have to get a new one since. So we're excited to do some stuff with the Maverick this week. I'm actually going to test the fuel economy with that tunnel cover up and with it down. I think it's going to be kind of a neat experiment. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been happy with the cover. Happy with the Maverick, too. we got 2,800 yeah. miles on it. Gotten it dirty. We're also, ooh, today I think my um, bed rug should be sent out for it here soon, too. Truxedo is sending me a bed rug. That should give us a nice, soft, uh, removable liner. Oh, because you still don't have a bed liner. Correct. It's still just normal painted. Have you seen the 2x6s that I've put in the back of the Maverick? I have not seen the 2x6s you put in the back of the Maverick. You know how it has those little cutouts that you can put wood dividers in? Yep. I went and bought some wood and cut it down myself and dropped them in. So there's like a little bed divider in it now. Kind of cool. You know what would be cool is if <laughs> you've made like a special thing out of wood, like a ramp out of wood you that you could stick into the where the two, you know, the slots in there. Well, I have actually thought that because these... These are kind of like that. There's two pieces. So huh. you could kind of use it as a ramp. The only problem is they're quite short. Because the, the width of the bed is only 50-some inches. So, I mean, you're talking about boards that are only this high. So you could use it as a ramp if you pulled the truck up to some sort of berm yeah. or something. You could absolutely do that. But it would be hard to go just from the ground yeah. up to it. Yeah, but I agree. I, I did think of that as well. The Maverick has been... Absolutely no issues. Fun to drive around. I, I know we, we get on this over and over again. In fact, Nathan just had a short that went up last week about how bad the Michigan roads are. Maverick is so good for it. It's yeah. just over everything. The ride's a little firm, but I'd rather have firm and uh, intact, if you will, than soft and broken on the side of the road. Um, I did see a... <laughs> now, before... <laughs> Before you continue this story, what what, what brand might you be about to tell us about? Well, let me just ask you, what brand do you think would be a rugged, tough pickup, yet still able to be destroyed by a pothole, which I've hit in my Explorer, and the Explorer was totally fine? Well, it's probably not a Toyota or a Lexus, because it would probably survive just fine. Probably going to have to guess Stellantis. It was. It was a Jeep Gladiator that I saw had its giant tire blown out from the pothole. How do you... I mean, you, oh, you'd have to hit a crater in that thing. I know. With the ball, a well, gladiator it is a crater. Tire. It's a concrete crater. It's, it's just... That's the state of our roads, that the potholes are big enough that you can blow out the tire in a Jeep Gladiator. Be sad. Yep. If you guys want to sl uh, know anything about the Maverick, I guess let us know in the comments on the video here. I think, uh, I think I'm also going to be shooting some winding road stuff on that. Also, the weather's starting to get quite nice, so we're getting into, into some more bike stuff. Yep. I'm actually going to shoot a fuel economy test on my V-Strom 650. I want to go out on the highway and get some fuel economy testing done on that. I am curious, though, how should I test fuel economy on the Grom? Because um, I can't do highway speeds. Should I do like a 55 mile an hour? Go on the highway at 3 in the morning and just pin it. <laughs> <laughs> just 
and just hold it there and see yeah. what I get for fuel economy? Yeah. Not the worst idea. The other tough thing with the Grom fuel economy, well, I guess I can just top off the tank, so it's not a huge deal. I was going to say, because it only holds like a gallon. Yeah. So how am I going to, you know, how am I going to test from the tank? But what I'll do is I'll, I'll top it off. I'll go out. I'll do the loop. I'll come back and I'll top it off again. How much it took. I think I should do some sort of like 45 mile an hour mixed driving loop with the Grom. Just do the test loop. Just keep doing the test loop like 10 times or something. Yeah, go around and around and around. Yeah. Well, I have, I have a six-mile loop that I use for the electric vehicles for my 35-mile-per-hour, like, mixed driving. And it's kind of, it incorporates some of the test loop and some of the areas around here. Maybe I'll do that with the Grom. I'll test 35 miles, so roughly, maybe, maybe 40 miles. Yeah. And then I'll come back, top it off, and see what we get. Because the Grom should get over 100 miles per gallon. Definitely. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Um, also, planning on doing a moped comparison. Yes. Yeah, we need to get our helmets hooked up properly and go out and compare our super cheap $750 Tau Tau Pony 50 versus uh, also cheap but more expensive when new yep. Honda Ruckus. Yep. What are we going to compare? What should we like? Just. What should our. What should the criteria be? I think a, a good, I guess, general like question would be is it worth to buy. You know, spend less money and buy the Tao Tao mm -hmm. um, and, you know, pay less. Or is it worth it to step up to you know, get a nicer Japanese one? Right, because what is a, a ruckus cost right now? A ruckus costs $2,700 plus 200 So really $3,000 for a new ruckus. And you're not okay. getting any storage under there. I've always, I've always thought that was silly with the Ruckus. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't even get a Ruckus. I would get other, the Honda Metropolitan. Actually, I wouldn't get either of them. I'd get a, I'd get a Yamaha Zuma. Yeah. But the Metropolitan's essentially the same. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a little cheaper than a Ruckus. To be fair, the Metropolitan's not going to have uh, as much suspension and tough tires as the Ruckus. No, the Ruckus has no suspension. You want to know how I figured that <laughs> how out? How did you figure that out? Well... So Honda apparently can't make wheels. Look at the wheels on that. Those look like aluminum alloys, and they're yeah. tough. I hopped a curb on the ruck, our ruckus last week, and I landed, and the wheel actually bent. It collapsed in the middle, and uh, it locked up. I went flying and destroyed my arm, and also just part of the thing so once we get that fixed we will um get a new or do the review but it literally i've always that's been my biggest complaint the ride on that is so harsh because there's literally like no suspension it's got big tires which helps but not really that much suspension the top on the other hand has really good suspension that absorbs most of the bumps yeah it's probably the bumps just kind of go into the plastic and get Consumed somewhere in there. It does ride a lot better. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was the wrong uh, opening up. It to be the same tab. But it looks like you can get a Tau Tau 50 from a dealer, actually, pre-assembled for about $900. Yeah, well, actually, with shipping, you about $1,000 or so for a 50cc moped. And you can pick out all sorts of fun colors. This is what ours looks like here. Up in the red. I don't know how to get it. <laughs> just pull it in here well a lot of people are only listening but 
you could get a Tao Tao for a thousand dollars or Ruckus or Metropolitan or for almost three grand. I will say the Ruckus is faster. It's more, it just, it does feel more premium to ride. Like it just, even it the one we have that's been beat to shit still feels better yeah. than yours, which has been beat to shit. But I think for most people at this price point, unless you lived in maybe like New York or Italy or something where you did plan on using the moped as like a daily driver or maybe college campus, I'd still probably rather just because save got, money. And, and that thing can hold a helmet. Well, so could a Metropolitan. Yeah, I'm oh. saying if you got like the Honda oh. Metropolitan, which is still $2,700. Yeah. The other thing I will point out is you get a longer warranty with the Honda. You get like a full year actual huh. warranty where you could go to a Honda dealer. They'll take care of things for you. They'll fix it up, tune it up. You can't even really take a Chinese moped to most motorcycle shops. They won't work on them. Yeah. Because as you found out, you'll go to remove one single bolt or something and it just strips. It's yeah. just cheap metal. It's all there. It's hard to tune the engine properly. Sometimes it just won't start and yeah. then you just wiggle things around and then it yeah. will. But... Again, if you're just looking for cheap, fun type transportation, get the Tao Tao. If you babied one of these, it would be better. It would probably. I mean, I mean, I have like I've always changed the oil and stuff. I've done the maintenance, but I have modded mine. I've taken it way out of its comfort zone. I've you've run it up to almost sixty miles per hour. I did, and then and then we ran it for like ten minutes with you pushing me doing like fifty miles an hour. Oh, Remember yeah. that with the ground. And then it did mess up after that. But it was, spark, <laughs> it was just a spark plug. It just oh okay. Um yeah, I, the spark plug was just completely. I think it was probably running way faster than it. Yeah, it does. The spark plug was all messed up, but um. Yeah, and I've gotten it like up to about there in water. I've absolutely just hosed it down with it running and. Um, hit crazy big potholes with it and the wheels didn't break. Yeah. I would, uh, yeah, I, I think if, unless you're the type who just wants to buy something as regular transportation and has no interest in fun or doing things for yourself. It is fun though. Cause no, 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 I'm saying that's when you buy a oh. Honda is if you're, if you're not really cared about the fun aspect, you need like actual, just like hands off transportation yeah. that you're going to go to the dealer for and everything like that. But if you're going to own it and actually have fun with it and, and work on it yourself, just get the Tao Tao. Or get a Zuma. Or the, instead of the Honda. Yeah, but the Zuma is still going to cost $2,600 probably. I'm talking about compared to the Honda. Oh, compared to, yeah, yeah, Honda Metropolitan or, or Yamaha Zuma. Or there's the Yamaha. Doesn't Yamaha make two of them? Zuma and the... I remember. Have a Honda Metropolitan. No, I had a Yamaha. I'm blanking on the name. What, what, what's the other name of the... Oh, cool. Thanks. Keyboards. Really doing well today. Remember what the name of the Yamaha CCC moped is? Is the Zuma? Yeah, the classic looking one. Yeah. Right here. It's this. What is this? Vino. That's what it's called. The Yamaha Vino. That's cool. That's what I had. I do like that a lot. Yeah, very classic look. Kind of had the Vespa looking deal. Yeah, probably what I'd get. But still, I'd probably get the Tao Tao over both of them. So much cheaper. Yeah, and I mean, um, apparently someone put 20,000 miles on a Tao Tao. That's crazy. How do you put 20,000? It's just, Yeah. I mean, and if... Delivery driving, maybe. 
I mean, so you buy one and put 3,000 miles on it, it breaks. Buy another one, you're still less off than... Right. Yeah, you definitely have to be able to tinker with it some and, and mess around with it. But It's a lot easier to mess with than the Ruckus is, that's for that's sure. True. The Ruckus is not super easy to work yeah. on. The other thing I noticed, the Tautau is so much... Like, I I tipped the Tautau over twice. You wiped out on the Tautau. Um, and it was totally fine. And I was curious about that. Compared... So, go back to a picture of the Tautau. So on the Tauta, you can see, it's kind of difficult to see from here, but the bottom frame right there sticks out past pretty much most of the body and like the Kickstarter and stuff, the kickstand it all. It, so when you fall, it's resting on that and it lands on that. Um. On the Ruckus, the blinkers stick out further, the Kickstarters, uh, the airbox, it all, it's wider than the actual frame. So I see what you mean. if you fall, it lands on that and that all gets bent and scraped up and stuff. Uh, this, yeah. it's just, you just hit that, the plastic in the frame. Good point. Yeah, and I think you would get that a little bit more with something like the Metropolitan or the Vino as well. It'd yeah. be a little bit more encased. The Ruckus is just a weird design. I don't yeah. know why people like them so much. Um, I think it's just because they look cool. It's and, like the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, of and the... Tautau is so much lighter than the yeah. Ruckus. And, well, that's because all the metal's so cheap. And the Tautau comes with a top case. It which, does. Why did you take that off? Um, is that because you were towing yeah, garbage cans I, with it? Yeah, <laughs> I was towing recycling with it through a country case. club. Well, I guess you don't actually use it for, like, commuting anymore. And that is a, a big thing to point out as well. If I were commuting regularly, I'd probably rather step up to one of one of the Japanese brands because that extra five or ten miles per hour can really make a difference. It does when you're running on the side of the road and there's trucks going by you and everything. If you can do thirty five comfortably, then you can go on thirty five mile an hour roads. I was on the Fiddle. world's most fun road, the Tunnel of Trees in Northern Michigan, and I actually passed someone on the Tao Tao because they were going so slow and just like me. I think for me, when it comes to like Chinese motorcycles, dirt bikes, all these things, if you're going with something smaller and lower speeds and lower stakes, I'm fine with it. It's right about about 40, 50 miles per hour or so where I'd rather put my trust in a more well-known and established Not brand. 60 down a really steep hill. Yeah. With the engine just going. Eee. Well, at least like you built trust up in the Tau Tau just because you know it and everything yeah. and, and, and been riding no, it. I, I but like it. if I were buying, say, a 400cc motorcycle. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm sure plenty of the Chinese motorcycles, they work fine and everything. Just, I'd probably be willing to pay an extra 20% to just yeah. get like very established honda cb 500 or yeah. something and just run on that so cheap stuff go cheap when you're going a little more expensive step up big time and i will have to say it's so good for it's been it's so much fun for the money fun for we the paid money. 500 bucks yeah yes. we paid 500 and it had like 30 kilometers on it <laughs> yeah and i mean it's literally done everything out of its comfort zone it's just and it's it still runs out there i wrote it today to go check the mail and it's still not even legally in our name, is it? <laughs> We've had it for two years, almost. I've been at parked at intersections and the cops pulled up behind me. And I'm just like, is he going to notice that my tabs are outdated? <laughs> and then when he pulled me over and said, can I see your uh, proof of ownership on this or whatever? No, you, you, can, no, you <laughs> cannot, actually. It doesn't exist. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's been our life on two wheels and four wheels. And actually, my my feelings on cheap versus expensive kind of translate to four wheels as well, because I'm more willing to gamble with a cheaper brand like the Ford Maverick or whatever when it is a cheaper car. Mm-hmm. But like you said with the Mach E, if I'm spending fifty, sixty grand, probably going to get something else. And the more technology advanced, technologically advanced it gets, the more yeah. stupidity there is. Like if you bought Still. in a more expensive Chinese motorcycle, are you going to trust their ABS system as well as you're going to trust like Honda's ABS? Yeah. Probably not. Um, but any, anything else going on in the car world? Uh, uh, should we do a co-part section? Oh yeah, we should check we out that co-part. I'm going to go to the bathroom with this. Okay. We regret to inform both you and all the viewers that I did not win that BMW last week. The wagon manual. Oh, oh bummer. The one that I bid on. It sold for actually I don't know it never it doesn't tell you what it sold for, but um big shame that we were not dragging that corpse into our garage. Yep. But this car goes up tomorrow. It's a 2016-14 Mazda 6 touring. Current bid, $350. I actually don't have any new cars to show you from Copart. Chris has sent us some from, uh, from beyond the grave. But this one's actually pretty cool because it is not that damaged. It's just hit in the front. It doesn't seem like that extensive. Should be a running, driving car. Look at that interior. Yeah. Very nice, very simple. These were still the kind of Ford Fusion-based Mazda 6s, huh. which I think the Mazda 6 still is because it really hasn't been redesigned in forever. Well, they don't make it anymore. Right, exactly. And only at $350. And it goes up tomorrow morning. So I think I'm going to watch the auction. Maybe go up to up to 1000 1200 on this. Clean title. Yeah. I mean, this would be a... This would probably throw a new bumper on there. And it yeah. would get decent fuel economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's kind of interesting. Other next one here. C-Max. Run and drive, mechanical. This one has been listed for so long, and they keep slowly dropping the buy it now price. I have no idea what's wrong with it, but every time it doesn't actually sell. But they're only at, it's only at three hundred right now. It goes up on Wednesday. It's in Flint, so I'm I'm not quite as tempted to buy it as the ones in Detroit. But I almost feel like it would be worth rolling the dice, you know? Yeah. Just kind of seeing this vehicle one. There's not a, a C Max plug-in, unfortunately energy but it's tempting i wonder why ford doesn't make the c-max over here anymore or sell it over here probably didn't sell super well and now they have the escape hybrid and that probably yeah sort of covers for it this one is a little interesting because it's only got two days left and it's at zero dollars for bid it's a could do 2017 could do mxz and is it an x that's an x yeah yep x package Eight fifty. Yeah, it's an eight. Yeah. Eight fifty. So that's the the most desirable motor that they made back then in twenty seventeen, and this seems to be the extent of the damage. Except the tunnel. You think the tunnel's twisted? Yep. Look at that. That looks pretty pretty straight. Look twisted from back there. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, huh. it, it doesn't look like there's really any missing a damage. tail flap. Right, the tail flap is missing. That's a little suspect. And other than that, I mean, even if this engine itself worked, you could drop yeah. this engine into something else. I wonder if it would fit in my snowmobile. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But I'd just be curious if it went for like less than $1,000. Seems like it'd be worth it. 
Not up in the Maverick, pick it up. Yeah. Oh, what about that Le Sabre? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Minimum bid. To buy it now is $3,800, but I, I think it'd be worth... Uh, I'm eligible to bid. Worth putting a, a bid on it. And here's the thing. They say that it doesn't run and start, but I bet you they just didn't know how to jump it. <clears throat> I, that That's definitely a possibility. Because I don't think one like this would have a pull starter on it, right? Nope. Because it would have been right here. Yep. So I bet this just sled actually runs fine. So I think I'm going to bid on that one. But this is the one we found weeks ago. It's a Buick LeSabre from 2005 with only 8,000 miles oh, on yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. But unfortunately, the current bids are already up to $2,000. And it's in Pennsylvania. I don't know how much I'm willing to pay for this, but I'm tempted to pay a decent amount of money because it is so clean. It is literally... In an 8,000 mile car that for some reason is at Copart. Super clean, probably just some old lady that's been sitting in a garage for its whole life. That's actually kind of a downside though, is I bet you this car has sat so much, it's probably not good for it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But Mines are probably shot. Right. Also, I'm not a fan of silver. I'd rather it be beige for a car like this. You just want it to be as old looking as possible. <laughs> exactly. I would also take white. Other than that, stall cars and stuff that, that uh, have not sold yet, or are not even up for listing, but, like I said, we have a few suggestions from our beloved Mr. Brower that he left for us before he burned in that Stellantis vehicle. People are going to think he actually burned in a Stellantis vehicle. Well, that is what happened. Oh, boy. This is a 2011 Porsche 911 Carrera. And it is monstered. <laughs> It is not salvage title though. It's in Michigan, 132,000 miles. It has both rear and front end damage. Current bid $15,000. Let's take a look at this name. Silver, very classic 911 color. Wheels are interesting. Actually, this ooh, and it's is that an like it's an what's so bad about that? It's a PDK. You're right. That is a good transmission. This is actually kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that's not horribly damaged. It looks like it probably still rolls and Bid, drives. It's already up to 15,000. I know, 15,000 is a lot. Uh, tempting, I will say. That is tempting. 2011, 911. Uh, it's not an S, though. That's a bit of a. But. Hmm. I bet, I bet Chris is tempted for that one. What else did he for us? Oh, he's got a LeSabre for Ooh. us. What do we have here? 2003 LeSabre Limited. So this Ooh. is the upper trim. It is in Flint. Good sign. Run and drive. Run and damage. That does not look to be very much. Is that an airbag? Let's see. Ooh, yes. The airbags have deployed. That's not fantastic. I wonder if it just hit a pothole. <laughs> it, well, it's in Flint, so it probably got shot. Oh. Yep. As we are loading the 360-degree view to view this beautiful saber. Oof, the white just looks so trashy in the back. I'm not a fan of those wheels, either. Oh my goodness, look at this. The windshield is monster fuck. 
Yeah, I would pay about forty dollars for the car. Well, it's got like eleven hours left, and the bid's at zero. What's the lowest I can put? I guess it has to be at least two hundred seventy-five. Should I bid two hundred seventy-five dollars on this saber? I mean, Chris could probably get you a new steering wheel. And she'll just call safe light. Um, wait, how much is a new windshield going to cost? So probably like 800 bucks, right? Insurance. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> just say that a rock came up. And then, yeah. Now, now we said it on this podcast. We've literally incriminated ourselves <laughs> if we were to do it. Insurance fraud. Uh, oh, man. Tempting. How many miles? Like Ooh, can, almost 200,000 miles. I feel like you can find better LeSabers. I think he, I, I agree with you. In fact, I think he sent us another LeSaber. We got. A little different, must say. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a 1984 Buick LeSaber. That's Limited. awesome. Run and drive. Rear end damage, not a lot. Minor dents and scratches. That's awesome. That is a creeper mobile. That's so cool. It has a five liter V8 motor, 82,000 miles, although that very well could have rolled over <laughs> because there's no 100,000 mile place. Look at that interior. That looks like carpet. That is. Uh... That's so cool. Already, the current bid is already higher than the other saber, five hundred and fifty dollars. Got ten hours left. Yeah, that or is uh, that is pretty nasty. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this has been a good podcast. Yep. Maybe next week we will not have to talk about Solantis cars burning. But until then, keep your Jeeps toasty and your Fords broken, and catch you on the next one. Charlie and Nathan with Daily Motor, RIP Chris, and as always, drive on. <laughs>